Hey everyone, this is Jaime, and I'm joined by my wife, Maddie. The show is Our Kids Asleep, and thank you for being here with us. We're going to talk about a lot of weird things today. <laughs> but <laughs> It's an amalgamation of it's, uh, interesting things. It's going to be a very strange one, I have a feeling, but um, let's begin with something very... Um, provincial i should say it kind of feels like we're we're living the country life a little yeah. bit and we're going on these very peaceful treks across the great state of wyoming what did we do on uh america's birthday madeline <laughs> yeah um on the weekend of the fourth so on the third we went on a day trip with our friends brad and Teresa, friends of the show to devil's tower um you know and on the way there we hit some small little landmarks on the way there too but um devil's tower was the main attraction yeah and overall okay i just have to say that this was such a fun experience i hate getting out of my house i hate going anywhere i hate looking at things outside my window i just want to stay in the basement where there's no windows no natural sunlight that is where i think i operate at my best, but clearly that's not the case because I had the time of my life as, uh, uh, what's his name? George Bluth said <laughs> in Arrested Development, I am having the time of my life. And I'd like to thank Brad and Teresa for being so wonderful and bearing with us as we went on this trek. Yeah, it was nice. They drove, um, which is a nice change. Um, usually. You know, we're having to drive ourselves to these places. And we don't so, know what we're doing. We're always yelling and confused. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it was nice to kind of uh, have someone take the lead for a little bit. Um, and Brad knows his way around around the <laughs> state does. pretty well. So, he um, does. But yeah, we stopped in Sundance um, for lunch, which was nice. Not Sundance, Utah. Sundance, Wyoming. Yeah, regular Wyoming um, Sundance. So that was nice to get to see a little, little tiny town of Sundance. And then, um, yeah, we went on to Devil's Tower. And, and I have to say, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say, um, it was quite busy and very hot. <laughs> it was like um, 100 degrees. It was about 100 degrees really that weird. day. Um, and so we did the hike around, around Devil's Tower, which is just a little over a mile, but because of the heat and everything, it felt um, longer. It was quite a trek. I think yeah. it, it was a little bit harder because our son was having difficulties. He just didn't want to be there. Uh, <laughs> no, he forgot he to have did. fun. He just, it was hot and he was tired. He was happy in the shade. Let's just leave yeah. it at that. He had a really good time in the shade. Well, and we weren't the only ones struggling. So, I mean, everybody on that path <laughs> okay. was like, they were <laughs> you red wanna, faced. You want to talk about grandma? With a walker? Jesus. Okay. So, there was people who had very small children um you know under 4 years old who i was at the beginning of the trail i was just like just turn I'm around just now not going to make it um, not going to make it and we saw as we were getting close to the end we saw a group of people and one of the people in that group was like an 80 year old woman who literally had a walker 
and they were like just starting the trail <laughs> and i was like you guys are going to be carrying grandma around Devil's yeah, Tower. It's, like it's it, not gonna go well yeah does she have a motorized scooter or yeah or one of you guys like strong does she have a jet uh, pack in that that would be ideal in that bag in there because that's the only way she's getting around oscar just got on our recording uh platform here <laughs> um doesn't care so yeah that was um but so you know we weren't the only ones that were like <laughs> struggling a little <laughs> yeah. bit um but it was really beautiful it's a really beautiful trail and um it was cool to see even just like hearing because so many people come from all over to see doubles yeah. tower so there was like you know license plates from all over the country Mm. Um, you hear different accents and you know people speaking different languages, and so that was kind of cool. Yeah, I have to ask: Did you watch Close Encounters of the Third Kind when you were a kid, or did you have a different awareness of Devil's Tower other than the movie? Um, I actually saw Close Encounters the same year I saw Devil's Tower. Oh, were you scared that there'd be aliens up no. there? No, I would be. We didn't get that close to it though, so maybe it was just like a. I don't I, remember. I that thought we those did. fuckers were gonna look down and be like, "Hi, <laughs> hey." No, I um, I, missed you. I did see that movie in the sixth <laughs> grade, which was the year we went to Devil's Tower. So yeah, for school, maybe it was con- connected. I don't know. Maybe we watched it because we were going <laughs> yeah, to said, go to Devil's Tower. <laughs> now the Native Americans <laughs> believed that there were aliens. Yeah. that had a secret handshake and had a special soundtrack that they had to, <laughs> you know, twerk to, and then that's when they had like an actual Thanksgiving. Yeah, that was the original. That's the original. That's what they taught us in Wyoming schools. <laughs> uh, but no, I wasn't. Uh, I yeah. wasn't freaked out. But yeah. you know, to that point, sorry, I I keep kind of going on tangents, but I I find the mythology of Devil's Tower so beautiful that it just kind of like blows my mind. Uh, the story of the she bear. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm while you keep talking, well, I'm going to look it up on There's Wikipedia. different variations of the story, I guess. Like I was reading like some of the plaques. Yeah. And a lot of, like some of it is like um, the bear chased like some of the different Native American tribes like up onto the mountain and mm-hmm. was like clawing at the rock. And that's why it has like the columns. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So there's like different variations of the story. So let me see. I'm looking at the uh, National Park Service, the first stories. Um, the Arapaho Lodge was camped at Bear's Teepee. Oh, this is going to take a bit. Um, well, and the, there's actually an alternate name too, like a Native American name for it. They call it Bear Bear Lodge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's sort of the because um, they 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 aren't sure if Devil's Tower is um like a derogatory name or if it was just mistranslated mm-hmm. <laughs> from the native american name for it um, yeah so it depends on on the different tribes because the arapaho is where the um the girl bear story comes from mm. yeah bear girl um and this from this time on the arapaho is called this big high rock the bear's teepee mm. and the story was told by sherman sage who learned it from his father straight old man who in who in turn learned it from his father drying up hide it was recorded on august 19 1932 mm. that's the source of the uh bear girl story and the cheyenne called it the bear lodge mm. 
to worship the Great Spirit as did many other tribes. Families and all members of the tribe came as Bear Lodge was known as a holy place mm. to a lot of different tribes. Yeah. So um, the, these kind of go on for a bit. I guess I should have looked at them a little bit before. Um, but they, they really are fascinating. The the Bear Girl was really kind of like a, a breathtaking kind of thing because um, it was like, well, I'll go back to that one. But keep talking. Oh, yeah. The bear girl heard the signal and ran after them. Ran after who? Okay. An Arapaho lodge was camped at Bear's Teepee. The father of this lodge was a head lodge and had seven children, five boys, and two girls. The two girls had made an arrangement between themselves that the one who found the end rib bone of a bison should receive the most favors from the brothers. The boys often made trips to other tribes. After a long search, one of the girls found an end bone of a bison, but on picking it up, she turned into a bear and made some big scratches on her sister's back. The bear girl told her sister, if you tell the dogs, if you tell, the dogs will howl and this will be a signal, so I will know that you have told. The sister did tell her brothers, and when they heard the dogs howl and give the signal, they were scared and started to run. The bear girl heard the signal and ran after them. The girl who had told was carrying a ball in her hand, which she dropped and accidentally kicked. The ball bounded up the, on the big, high rock. The bear girl reached over her sister's shoulder to grab the ball, slipped, and made very big scratches on the big rock and fell on her sister and broke the sister's chest. The bear girl climbed to the top of the big, high rock and told her family that there would be seven stars in the shape of a diamond appear in the east that in the shape of a diamond appear in the east she said the first star out would be off to one side and would be brighter than the other stars the first star would be called broken chest star from this time on the arapahos called this big high rock bear's teepee and here's the illustration that we saw mm. over there um, so it was their sister and it was a big miscommunication, but I like the idea of, you know, somebody becoming a bear and then scratching mm -hmm. the, the, um, the surface mm -hmm. of, uh, devil's tower or bear's teepee, which yeah. is kind of a cooler name. Devil's tower does sound derogatory in some way. Like, yeah. you know, the, the natives told us that it was like a, like a holy place and then they took it to be like a, some sacrilegious or mm -hmm. some kind of scary thing. Devil's Tower Offensive. Okay, well, I'm Googling. Let's continue well, because it was a great time. Yeah, and just like the geological, um, you know, it's, it was a magma. What do, they, what do they call it? It was like a magma column or something. Yeah, it w it was the actual lava and yeah. magma that was within a volcano, and it just hardened, and and then all the like the rock outside fell portion away. of it eroded. Mm -hmm. Yes, and so that's the inside of it. Yeah. Um. So. Um. Oh, and also people climb it. <laughs> yeah. Holy um, shit! So we could see like climbers all the way up. Um. That was so wild. Yeah, they were. It was high up it there. Was very high. It's like 830 feet from the base. Um, Is it? Yeah. Oh. And uh, yeah, it's it's one of, the, it's a more difficult climb. Like we looked up like climbing difficulty and it was like right. one of the it's most like difficult a, ones. Like a 13 or, or yeah, 1.3, something like that. Yeah, it was No, 5.13. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. But it's, um, 
yeah, it's a it's a climbing destination, so that was kind of cool to see mm-hmm. climbers up there. Um, but yeah, it was fun. It was a fun like, and we just did it in a day, so we um, drove back the same day. We stopped and had lunch or uh, dinner in Newcastle, mm. and uh, that was fun. And uh, yeah, then we came home. A lot of like little towns, and I wanted to mention this too. Once you've been to a Wyoming small town a lot of the geography of the towns is the same and mm-hmm. that you have this sort of main strip, which is an, um, sort of like uh, a remnant of a bygone era where you look at how old West towns used to be. There's like the main drag of of businesses and local shops that would help, you know, um, passer, passers-by and yeah, people like who are traveling. Main, and It's like the main infrastructure of the town is all yeah. in one place. And then from there, it just sort of built out. And yeah, and start scattering the town, until there's nothing. If the yeah. town was successful, right? And you you kind of still see open prairie no matter where you look. Like you can almost see the end of the towns mm-hmm. as you're looking. And uh, Sundance was very much like that, where you you can almost see. Oh, and one more block away, you're on your way. God bless mm-hmm. you. Off you go. Mm-hmm. But I did want to circle back to this because I did find that. Uh, an expedition led by Colonel Richard Irving Dodge had an expedition that sent a small contingent, including geologist and map maker Henry Newton, to study the tower. After Newton's group returned, Dodge wrote that the Indians call this place Bad God's Tower, a name adopted with proper modification. And so the label Devil's Tower was created. Mm-hmm. So that is the the Western name, I should say, yeah. the um, American name. Yeah. But the, uh, there was also another article that I saw that it, they said that maybe there there was a time to reconsider climbing Devil's Tower because it is, in fact, a holy place for mm. a variety of, of um, tribes, and yeah. we should respect that. And I can understand that f- for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this day and age, I mean, there's just so much of that pl- proliferated that I think it's part of like the the cycle that these climbers make cross-country to do their stuff um not to say that it's it's good it's just there's a lot of stuff happening now mm. you know do you think we're forgetting we're gonna forget once again about the native americans and i mean we already have disrespected them in so many ways um yeah. that i don't know if i don't know i i i i understand that um that train of thought of just uh, wanting to respect like holy sites for Native Americans, but it mm-hmm. just, it's almost like it's too far gone at this point to. Yeah, and that's the fucked up thing because, you know, uh, even if there is some kind of um, correction, um, it's almost like, you know, yeah, and so what? You still fucked it up, you know, like it's. Yeah, it's it like, just is that seems- one thing? It's sort of like the. Sorry, I keep stepping on your mic cord. I was getting really comfy stretching my legs. Um, I think it's the idea that, like, that's, like, a small, insignificant victory. You know, it's like taking down Confederate statues versus, you know, legislating reparations. Like, it's, it's like, it's not helping anybody other than the optics of it. Yeah, because it's... um, what do you, what do you call it? Um, performative, right? I, anything like that would be performative, I mean, and not, there's no actual. I'm not saying that we <clears throat> shouldn't respect those sites, and I 
I think we should. <laughs> um, I just don't know. Like, yeah, but there there needs to be legislative action. That's what we're saying. Yeah. To well, and like I read an article recently going back to the climbing thing. I read an article that um was talking about the racist nature of a lot of climbing um routes names really so you know like on devil's tower there's different routes that you can take to climb it some are more difficult than others but each route has a name Mm. and um i don't know if they were talking about devil's tower specifically but other climbing sites that a lot of people use um have because climbing is such an old sport these were named when you know it was pretty commonplace for people to use racial slurs and yeah and so that they, kind of thing so they um but essentially it was like wanting to rename certain routes that had derogatory names for people of color or sure. women or whatever um yeah it's just tainted like all, all of our cultural landmarks all of our uh, just the base of our language is corrupted in this in this very negative very um anti-inclusive kind of kind of way um and that's a that's a tough thing to to uproot and fix but um but yeah i mean it's just something that but you know all all we could do i mean we we talked to our son about you know this place being you know a very special place for for native american folks and and that's the best we can do at least on our level is try to educate our child that you know there is more to this than just the bad demons place or whatever this is a um a place to revere to be wowed by and of course to you know relax and have a good time as a family but with with a bit of respect too Mm -hmm. but it was a it was a really good time, and I'm yeah. really glad that we got to go. Yeah, it was a fun time. And yeah. I, I think, um, you know, doing day trips like that is important. Like, they're easy. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't take that much Yeah, to do something like that. And it's, you know, it's good things to do, you know, especially, like, as a kid. Yeah. Um, To have those memories, you know. Like, yeah, I've been to Devil's Tower, you know, like. Mm-hmm. I went as a kid or whatever. Yeah, or we went to Laramie or we went to Vita yeah. Wu or Lander, you know, mm-hmm. they were saying that good stuff was happening there too. Yeah. And we just have to force ourselves to get out. So if you have any hesitation about leaving your house because for whatever reason, I mean, we're in Wyoming, so it's a lot different. We feel more comfortable going out into the world now and it almost feels like we have to make up for lost time so that's why it's like if we don't have something on the calendar in the summer it feels like a lost weekend because our winters are going to get pretty shitty and we won't be able to take our son anywhere so we really have to take advantage of the summer when we also have the benefit of living in a place that has a low population (laughs) so it's easy to get around you know like you don't really have to yeah worry about traffic too much or you know that kind of thing right but it was amazing i highly recommend it go see devil's tower get out and put your phones away live your best life stuff like that (laughs) highly recommend it yeah we wanted to bring up two things two more things for you tonight my leg is asleep it's okay we're gonna uh do a brief intermission while maddie gets her act together and i stretch some more um are you gonna try the handheld microphone technique sorry jesus harold christ tell me before you do that 
paused it. You didn't. You didn't ask me to pause it. So okay. it just we're a live show. We're just rocking and rolling. I almost asked you if you wanted to to like live stream this and just be like, "Hey, do you want to <laughs> just shoot the shit and and uh, see if we can <laughs> get through a live show?" Because I don't edit this. I mean, yeah. I know it sounds like we're really wonderful conversationalists, but <laughs> we don't edit anything because no. we want it to be unfiltered and undistilled conversation with maddie and jaime and the cats of course and she's totally getting in the way she's going to be pelting that microphone cable yep (laughs) little shit get down what an asshole okay Okay, i'm going to take this cooler because the microphone is currently it's currently on a cooler you're going to have to boot her out of here yeah there you go i hate her bye phoebes we wanted to talk about this wonderful Canadian show created by Catherine Reitman called Working Moms. Working Moms. It's actually Working Moms. Working? They drop the G. Since the beginning? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. All right. Working Moms. Working. Working. Working Moms. <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> so tell me about the show. You started watching it before I did upon a recommendation, right? Yeah, Sam had recommended it to me, uh, I don't know, a couple of years ago, and um, I finally got around to watching it, and uh, I think I probably watched most of the first season before mm. you started watching it. Yeah. Um. So you'll have to go back and watch that, I guess. For sure. Um. But yeah, it's essentially just what it sounds like. It's a bunch of mom. Essentially, the way it starts is there are a bunch of moms who are in like a mommy and me group Mm -hmm. and you know eventually you sort of follow each mom into her own life after Mm -hmm. the group um so there's kate who is Catherine reitman and she um (laughs) (laughs) sorry phoebe's like scratching um yeah it's okay just phoebe god damn it here Oh my god, you got her in the face. Go upstairs. Um, um, okay, sorry, that wasn't funny. Um, yeah, so you follow each mom into her life. Um, Kate uh, Kate and Anne are like the main characters. Sure, so just tell us about Kate and Anne real quick. Um, so Kate is like a businesswoman. She works for this PR firm. She has one kid. Um, she's married. Um, she's very like career-oriented. Oriented. Um, and then Anne is a <clears throat> a psychiatrist. She is um, in like a domestic partnership with her with Lionel, her partner, and then they have two kids. Um, and so it just kind of follows these women and like <laughs> them trying to like live their lives and not like lose their fucking minds uh, as working moms. Yeah one one of the big takeaways. So I came in the second season about early beginnings of the second season and it really drew me in unexpectedly and i love shows that do that that just like pull you in with the drama that's going on or the way that the the plot is unfolding it it just kind of naturally i'm like this is this is very interesting to me and it's not a very glossy show you know there's not a lot of um spectacle in it it's it's very grounded but really funny relationship drama, relationship comedy, 
very um a lot of relatable like parent a stuff. lot of relatable parent stuff and i think maybe that's what uh kept me engaged we've been watching it now together for a, like month. a week oh it hasn't been a week yeah it's been like a maybe month. two weeks okay so two weeks we've been burning <laughs> through the seasons we're on like season three now yeah. and it's been a very very fun and entertaining show so i like the characters a lot um in, initially i'm like well i'm a dude and the and the protagonists are, are women but it's they were so well drawn they were so like well um like, like fleshed, fleshed out, out mm-hmm. you know the, these weren't characters caricatures and you could tell that this was a show created by women mm-hmm. for women and even in the in the moments when they fuck up or they do something bad, which you're is like, often, which is often, yeah, it it just you can empathize as a parent or as a person who's trying to get a career or working towards something while managing, you know, other aspects of your life. That's it. It's very insightful, you know. Yeah, and it's even when and the characters do a lot of really unlikable things. Yeah, but they're yeah. not unlikable characters because right. you can empathize so deeply with them, even when they fuck up, which you a know, and, and make bad decisions and put themselves first when they should be putting their families first, or putting their families first when they should be putting themselves first. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just like trying to find that balance, um, which is impossible. Right. I don't mean to taint this for any person who has not seen the show before, but I can't fucking stand Jenny now. Like, I just have to throw <laughs> yeah, this out she's, there. Her character is really devolved. This is this is an individual who is just sort of a, a contrast to the protagonist who, you know, the main characters care about their children. And this person, uh, the Jenny character, is is solely interested in looking good in but front I think of people. And I know she's unlikable, but those women exist. Of course, and of it's, course, it's actually those dads exist. It's actually kind of refreshing that it's a woman <laughs> who is who, a dickhead, who is a dickhead, yeah. uh, to her child. Yeah. So you know, because opportunistic women exist. Yeah, you know, and so I think portraying a woman who maybe isn't meant to be a mother who is not maternal in the quote unquote traditional sense it's more to be okay with that yeah what she's doing is shitty yeah you know she's using her child to like obviously that's shitty yeah but inherently to not be maternal is not shitty it's just part of who she is right and that can't be helped and i think that's a very good point because how many times have we seen men fucking up and portrayed as the bumbling uh but it's just accepted like oh he's just a dumb guy you know like of course he doesn't know what he's doing yeah and the inverse of that in this show is that you know to kind of counter that you have her ex-partner who is taking care of their child who is actually super responsible an amazing dad dad. yeah Yeah. but he's still kind of like he's still kind of a a dummy yeah Yeah, he's like kind of an idiot sometimes but he's so sweet yeah and he loves that baby so much yeah and he's you know very paternal um yeah it's it's a really good like contrast to her yeah, but the all the characters have uh layers of of depth and the comedy is so spot on. It's it never seems like ahaha ha, they're going for cheap belly laughs but more character-based humor where it's just firmly rooted in the reality of who they are and their shortcomings and how they're trying to overcome them and Yeah, and I yeah. think just like it also is like a really 
um, realistic portrayal of like marriage and long term relationships. And, yeah, yeah. You know, just like how you know you go through these peaks and valleys where you just hate your partner sometimes, but mm-hmm. you still love them, and you know they're the you know the creator of your child or whatever, and so you feel these like connections to them, but um, you know, like the there's an episode where one of the partners gets a vasectomy <laughs> and the, yeah. the <laughs> and yeah. like be when after that happens it's like they just are having sex like everywhere because it's they can <laughs> you know and it's just like it's funny to see those like idiosyncrasy idiosyncrasies yeah that you see in your own marriage reflected well, back at you yeah and and you also see kind of like the back and forth of a relationship in that um like say like lionel and um what's her name Anne. and and i'm horrible with names even though i've been watching the show for ever now um i can't remember names but you you see like their tennis matches where they're just constantly like if this issue is resolved, there's going to be something else that comes up. And then the escalation of those things that don't really mean that much, but they just give flavor to like the character bickering that we all see pretty regularly in life. And it's, it's very real. It's very honest. And I think it's a wonderful balance that the show has where you feel so much for these people, but you also laugh with them Mm -hmm. when they, when they're kind of, realizing how fucking ridiculous you know their life is sometimes Mm -hmm. and our own life is uh really enjoy the show Mm -hmm. really enjoy the show to the point that i think it was two nights ago it was like midnight on on a work week or something we're like let's just watch another one just one more more episode (laughs) so it's definitely a show for married people with kids i don't think so it's funny but I think you can still enjoy it if you're not married and don't For have sure. kids. Yeah, but you can you can appreciate some of the things in in a long-term relationship mm-hmm. that those characters are built upon. Yeah. Yeah. Highly recommend. Let's give that one a tank. I tank to working 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 moms. Oh, <laughs> uh, you told me that Catherine Reitman is like She's, She's part Ivan of Reitman's daughter. And Jason Reitman's sister. Yeah. So Ivan Reitman directed Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. So he's. Wait, that wasn't Harold Ramis? No, Ivan Ivan Reitman. I, I'm pr- Harold he Ramis wrote it? it. Oh, he wrote it. Yeah, oh, but okay. Ivan Reitman, I'm, I'm okay. pretty positive if I'm. Um, not mistaken. No, yeah, he wrote he wrote Ghostbusters. No, Harold directed. Ramis wrote Ghostbusters, but um, with Dan Aykroyd, and then Ivan Reitman directed it. And Jason Reitman stepped in to direct the new one. Jason Reitman is his older son, Mm -hmm. and of course he did Up in in the Air. He did Juno. Mm. He did, um, what was the other one? I don't know. Yeah, he did did, uh, uh, quite a few movies, but he's great. He's a wonderful talent, and the comedy is chops are definitely a part of Catherine Reitman's. Yeah. She's like the creator. She writes, she directs. She directs it. sometimes. Yeah. She's phenomenal. She's, she's the main character. She's very funny mm-hmm. and doesn't hold back. Like you sometimes can get a sense that maybe a lead is not interested in putting herself in 
vulnerable or or revelatory situations and she's like all over the place with this she's relentless and shameless and i love it Mm -hmm. like it's she's just really honest and Mm -hmm. and i think she's great um like (laughs) she's like naked every other fight like second in in like a really like clumsy kind of situation Mm -hmm. and uh you know she's joking about all kinds of shit one of my favorite scenes is when she's uh at home she's newly like back at home with her kid and she's like trying to shower and the the toddler (laughs) is like in the bathroom with her and he's like he he's like doing okay for a second and then she's like showering quickly and all of a sudden you see like the tablet hit the shower wall (laughs) and she's like naked like trying to like uh just manage everything yeah yeah in the in the shower and everything yeah Yeah. i was like oof that's too real that feels yeah real And when, when you're like, you have a new kid, you're just like, I just want to take a fucking shower. Yeah. I just want to like, sleep here for five minutes. But I remember like <laughs> trying to take a shower, but like being afraid, like you and your sister were gone. And so I had him like in his little seat and I like push him as far into the bathroom as I could get him and like shower really quick, like in three our, minutes. Yeah, in our tiny Seattle apartment where like if you fell, you would fall on him. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Yeah wonderful times but definitely check out the show it's hilarious legit a really funny fun time yeah and a uh, good one. you'll get a glimpse of parenthood as well yep. <laughs> anything else you want to add to that one um they get really long maternal maternity leave in canada and i always forget that yeah uh, don't get mad it's that it, show i try not to i I try to let those things gloss over they only they touch on it very briefly because it's canada so it's just normal yeah but it's like she's been on maternity leave for like eight months yeah and i only thought about this like huh they they were able to film this show with the with the babies and everything and like Huh, they must have asked for a long time off work. What? Like in my stupid brain, yeah. I'm like, these these people who are definitely not actors requested a lot of time off work. It's like, no, you idiot. They're not the characters and they live in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> so they can do whatever the fuck they want for like a year. Yeah. Hang out with their kids, be happy and experience mm-hmm. the the beauty of being a parent for the first couple of months. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, I think we're we're very lucky. Like we kind of figure things out and and you were able to stay home and and do that for a while but damn man that's rough Mm -hmm. that is rough so lastly (laughs) we wanted to share this with you guys because it was just the most random thing that's ever happened two nights ago Mm -hmm. two nights ago okay so this is some some next level weirdness maddie and i are recording her audiobook. We picked up the sessions because we hadn't been doing it for a little while and we're feeling good getting into the groove of things. When we sit down to kind of go over the material and start editing, we see that Oscar, our cat, is looking out the window of the basement where we normally edit. And it's kind of spooky because it's been raining for a while. There's a little bit of thunder and, and stuff happening. And we're like, is he looking at a ghost? Is he kind of like perturbed by uh, a weird presence that we don't know? So I get closer, and as Oscar is inching closer to the window, I see like the the prints of a toad <laughs> <laughs> on the other side of the window, 
And it's banging like, let me in, let me in. He because was, He was jumping against the window because the light in the basement was on. I think that's why he was attracted to the window. Yeah, yeah. Because he was like, oh, light, like he's going to go toward the light and yeah. he couldn't get to the window. He thought he was dying. I think ever, <laughs> like before he even got to the window well, like he saw the light and he's like, this is it. I'm I'm meant to be yeah. here. This is. Uh, so he must have fallen or jumped into our window well. Which is not covered and we're working on that. Yeah. But it was it was such a, a strange situation because I'm like, okay, babe, we got to get back to finish this. We got to make some progress on this thing and and maddie just looked at me with like the kind of like puppy dog eye thing and she said we have to get him out of there (laughs) (laughs) we have to save him he's not he's if he dies there like what's what's going to happen what are we going to tell our son that we just left him to die there because you know that he'd see the toad carcass there for months on end and and we didn't want that to happen and then i just started thinking about like you know what the toad's aspirations were like what (laughs) it wanted to do and and we decided okay we're doing this thing so in the pouring rain at 11 o'clock at night (laughs) i'm out there in my (laughs) flip-flops with an umbrella and a flashlight looking into the window well trying to find strategies to get this fucking thing out of there and we have a couple of two by fours, which, you know, came in handy for once. And I thought, well, maybe if we create a kind of scaffolding, we can get the thing to start doing the the toad thing and just hop from one, one of these bits of scaffolding to the other, and then it'll magically climb out and then figure I have been given a second chance at life. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jaime, for all that you've done. I will leave you be now. Uh, that plan failed and it took me 15 minutes to figure that out. Um, then we migrated, we moved to, what was it? Uh, the shovel, mm-hmm. right? We tried to do the shovel. We have one of those really deep scoop like shovels. So I was like, okay, like maybe. A snow shovel. Snow shovel. I said, okay, maybe if I go under the toad, I could theoretically grab him and hurl him out <laughs> with, with the shovel. <laughs> and so I was out there, I was prepared. I, I started very gingerly going into the window well through various angles and seeing if there was a way to get him to cooperate. But he was just content looking at the light in the basement, just kind of bouncing from one <laughs> end of the window to the other. And lastly, I mean, I just didn't want to impale him with the shovel. So I was yeah. like, this is, this is a bad idea. So we, it came down to, I think after about 30 minutes, we, we got this like mop bucket and I tied some um, like string to it. Like the wrapping from the tent. The wrapping from our tent. And I lowered the bucket into the window well very cautiously to make sure that it was landing right at his toad Uh, feet or appendages whatever the fuck they are (laughs) and we tried to egg him on to get in to like do like just one little hop into the fucking bucket and he didn't want to do that he just (laughs) wanted to keep like hitting his stupid head into the glass glass. and and so finally like maddie got the broom and she scooped him in there 
And in like one fell swoop, and this is the best thing ever, I did get to like trebuchet him out of the window well. <laughs> so he pulled the fucking bucket and he just landed on the grass and and then he got out. But then as we watched him joyously hop around the yard, we said, no man, you said, because you have a little bit more insight or, or a little bit more awareness than me, you said, he's just going to go back into the window well if we leave him here we have to or uh, hop into the fire pit which was filling with water which, because which it was got, pouring yeah it, it, it was like if he hops in the in the pit he's gonna drown if he hops into the 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 window well again we're gonna have to rescue him again it was a bad situation all around so i was like put him back in the bucket we're gonna dump him in the ravine so we have a ravine behind like on the back side of our well, house. Well, we couldn't figure out how he got in. No idea. No there's idea. There's probably an opening in the fence somewhere where he got in. Yeah, because it's it's a six foot fence. Yeah. And, you know, there's there's no way that he could have just gone like, oh, it's me. Yeah. So lastly, <laughs> another 15 minutes to get him back into the fucking bucket because he was hopping all around. <laughs> we were able to do it. And I had the great pleasure once again of trebucheting him. <laughs> onto the other side of the fence you just kind of lowered him and then dumped the bucket yeah i i swung the bucket and then and then then i was like okay i'm gonna look and see if he jumped out of the bucket and then like i legit like i sort of got i looked over the fence into the bucket like show like shine the flashlight and he was just looking at me with his dead eyes, <laughs> just kind of like, yeah, in the bucket, just frozen. I'm like, dude, get the fuck out of here. I got to work in the morning. And <laughs> so lastly, I I lowered it and it hit the ground and he rolled out of there. Mm-hmm. And then I, I shined the light a little bit more. And then like, he's, okay, I don't know. I don't know anything about toads, but I think they're really fucking stupid. Yeah. Because as he was leaving, either he had brain damage or or he just didn't know any better, but he kept hitting his head like every time he hopped into our fucking fence. It's like, did you want to come back in here? Yeah. Do you have a death wish? Like, what's the well, deal? He's like, you dumped me back in the wild. Like, I'm going to get eaten out here. Well, that's his fucking problem. Yeah. He's not the one who pays the mortgage here. Like, he can't just come in here and say, let me in. Absurd. Yeah. You know? Uh, so... that happened and then and then i had to sit there and deal with the fact that we spent an hour of our lives (laughs) saving we really should have just climbed into the window well i'm not gonna touch it swept him into the bucket i'm not gonna touch uh, a thing that came from nature (laughs) (laughs) i have mixed feelings like what is there some sort of mexican lore probably you know like they traumatized they like give you warts and shit and like there's well well i believed in those myths like i believed in catholicism (laughs) so i'm sorry that (laughs) i have a difficult time but i'm also learning oh shit phoebe i'm also learning to get out of my house so i think that's kind of the the imperative is just to continue to get out of the house and do better but uh, I was not going to touch that fucking frog, <laughs> Toad. Um, he was big. Too. He was a he fucking was a, chungus. He was eating well in that ravine <laughs> because he was humongous. <laughs> oh my god! But you know, I was jo- I was joking with you that um, you know we were going to come down the second night to record, and he would be there once again. <laughs> like, yeah. 
like now you have saved me you get three wishes yeah. <laughs> and it'd be like a, a weird monkey's paw situation where you actually have your have to like wish your way out of it with logic mm-hmm. um but i don't know that i'd be able to do that <laughs> well maybe i could because the fro- you know toad might not be that smart <laughs> <He's> <laughs> clearly not <laughs> It's fucking dead eyes. So I, I've beaten this to death, but uh, we just had to share that with you because I think we laughed for another 15 minutes after, mm-hmm. just because, I, I mean, it was the right thing to do. I think <laughs> we're both soaked. Like, yeah, PETA would be proud of us. Uh, although I don't know if they advocate just for certain types of living things or. Mm. It probably wouldn't have been thrilled that we threw him into the ravine. <laughs> well,. It, <laughs> I did the best I could, yeah, Peter. I really okay. did. He didn't. He didn't break any he legs. Was or anything. He, he was fine. He survived the fall into the window well. Yeah, and at that point, that wasn't on us. That was on on him. He has to take accountability mm. as well. Um, but, but with that said, uh, I guess that's it. You know, we really didn't have much else to mm-hmm. to talk about other than that. And uh, we hope that you're doing awesome out there. That you had a great holiday weekend. And where can they find us, Madeline, or what do they need to do? Um, you can subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Please um, help us out. It means the world to us. You can find the podcast anywhere you can find podcasts. Uh, is there any platform that we're not on? Um, if there, if if you guys use a platform that we're not on, just let us know at ourkidsasleep at gmail.com and I will get that added on. We're on a lot of different platforms, mm. but let us know and we'll happily get that taken care of. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. Wonderful. We love you guys. Stay strong. Fight the good fight. Wear your seatbelt. Maybe get, wear your mask again. I don't know. Wear your mask. It's getting crazy out there again. Yeah, we got another Delta variant that we'll probably cover this next episode. And um, yeah, try to be safe. Yep. Bye. Good night, guys. <laughs>